The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. I am your host, Vern Davis. Plant Profits is fueled by Produce Global People Solutions. My guest today uh, heads the day-to-day operation for the world's largest and most influential uh, marijuana technology company. I'll give you one guess. Uh, you're probably wrong. Connecting consumers to cannabis retailers. Now you know the company, I'm sure. My guest is veteran Stephen Zhang. How are you, Stephen? I'm doing great, Vern. Thanks for having me. No, man, I'm I'm very, very pleased to have you here. And I, I want to thank you for your service to our our great country. And um, and I know what you you've uh, committed part of your life to has helped me do the things I want to do. So I really, really appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. And uh, happy Veterans Day to you and everyone else. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. You're welcome. Well, Veterans Day is also uh, my youngest birthday. So oh. so he doesn't get the day by himself. <laughs> that works out real well for him. It's got to share it with millions, <laughs> man, millions of people. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Um, well, hey, look, thanks for being here. Uh, really, uh, Stephen is the Chief Operating Officer, COO of Weed Maps, and um, uh, really uh, happy that you're here. I, I really want to spend a little time, Stephen, just kind of getting to know you. I think that would be amazing to get to know you. You have a very interesting background. So, hey, what part of this, this world, this country did you grow up in, man? <clears throat> I grew up in California, California, okay. my home state. Okay. Uh, I'm a native Angelino uh, here okay. in Los Angeles, where I currently live again. Okay. And, uh, but you know, my family and I were, were originally immigrants, actually. And so um, uh-huh. I was born in, in Europe uh, and uh-huh. we emigrated to the U.S. when I was young. Okay. And, you know, along the way, had all the normal challenges that uh, I think families that moved to this country over time might face and some financial hardships, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think through it all, you know, my, my folks, they persevered, they worked really hard, managed to make a go of it. And, um, you know, ultimately for me, the opportunities that I was afforded over time, I realized I was grateful for those things. And, sure. and I think that that gratefulness made me patriotic in ways. And that ultimately is what drove me to choose to go into the military. Wow. You know, I, I really wanted to go there and I, I'm so glad you went there because I wanted to see how did West Point now Stephen went to West Point and uh, he's a captain. So, Stephen, so so tell me, how did West Point go get into the picture? I mean, you, you I'm sure you had choices uh, and you chose to serve and get educated at the same time. How did that come about? Yeah, it's, um, you know, at the time, I, I, I was lucky enough to have some choices. <clears throat> and as I was going through the brochures, I just remember at the time, um, <laughs> looking at all the different school brochures and trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life. Yeah. And, you know, um, when I when I got to West Point, there was just something about it that spoke to me. Okay. And, and again, I think as I thought about what that was, 
um, you know, I, I realized that it was this question of, I am grateful for the things that we have. I feel like it has to do with this country, right, and what it represents, yeah. and the opportunity that it represents for, for folks and, and families like mine. And as a part of that, I realized this could be a great way to go to a great school, get an education for sure, but at the same mm -hmm. time also give something back. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, I decided to do that. Now, the funny part of that story, of course, is as I was looking at all these brochures, I just remember all the brochures back then, they were really basic, you know, like recycled paper stock, black and white, nothing fancy yeah. whatsoever. And there was this one brochure that came in that was full color, you know, really high quality paper. And that was West Point. <laughs> at the time, I didn't ask myself the basic question, which is, why did they have to invest so much into this marketing material? <laughs> but, but, you know, I think, I think the reality of it was, um, it was, there's so much history there. Yes. And, and again, I think I, I really did want to be a part of something um, like that. And, and it did mean a lot to me. And as I mentioned, it spoke to me. And so I decided to, to go that route. Um, you know, I knew that it was going to be a commitment and the idea of going and getting an education and then after that serving uh, as an right. officer in the United States Army was something that that uh, really spoke to me. No, that's it's great. And, and uh, it spoke to you. And I would imagine you were shaped by a young kid seeing um, his parents persevere and and hit a hardship and bounce up, right? Hit, I, hit a hardship and bounce up and just keep. And I'm sure you guys, and I don't know this, but tell us, did you guys talk about that this is the country where these things can happen, where your dreams can come true? And it's 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 a place we want to be. Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, <clears throat> it's fascinating, and, and I certainly respect mm -hmm. my folks. I have, I have very deep, profound respect for my folks because they did exactly what you described, right? They, yeah. They met challenges. They were knocked down. They came back up again. Right. And, and you watch that, and I think it, it impresses upon you this concept of maybe that's who I should be too. How should I go about my life and, and yeah. try to try to emulate that? Um, and, you know, I think, uh, I, I don't know how my folks would feel about sharing these kinds of stories, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, um, you know, there's a time when <clears throat> we, uh, we had lost everything mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it was an unfortunate situation that had to do with family as mm -hmm. sometimes family goes, uh, yeah. you know, and, and so we lost everything as a function of, of some unfortunate dealing with a, a relative. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my folks, uh, obviously at that moment in time, you have a pivotal choice. Do you lay down or do you stand up? And, you know, my folks, um, we moved into the projects and mm -hmm. my folks got a loan from a loan shark, bought a steam cleaner mm -hmm. and then started going door to door, offering to steam clean people's homes just so they could make ends meet. And, you know, as a part of that, again, my sister and I, we grew up and, and I think again, we, we saw that example we decided mm -hmm. to follow that example. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, over time, my folks, they were able to make their own way in the world. They got back to getting jobs. Now, you know, the, in, in Europe and Germany, where we were previously, they already had degrees. They were already certified mm -hmm. in <clears throat> professional skilled work. Um, but unfortunately, at the time, coming from one country to the other, those things don't transfer. Immigrant so, story, immigrant yeah. story, man. Yeah. So, so they had to start all over again. And, uh, but then they managed to find their way, get a foothold, you know, find new jobs, find new careers, develop that. And, uh, you know, they're, they're retired now, happy and comfortable. 
Oh, that's and, great. Um, you know, and so it's it's really amazing. And like you said, it is it is something that I still very much believe is possible here in this country. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the reasons that um, that America is so great. No, it, I, I, I totally, uh, totally agree. And and I not only agree, man, I've had some of those experiences, too, with my parents and 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 me personally, and uh, so um, it's always good to wake up knowing that you can take the next step. You just got to fight for it, yeah. um, and and that that is uh, that is something that that is uh, very special, man. So, West Point, how did that prepare you for the rest of where you are today? How, what did you get out of that? To, to you know, we're here talking about. You, you've done a lot of things, but today you're the Weed Map COO, right? <clears throat> yeah, West Point was uh, incredibly formative, you know. And I think at the time, right, your first year there, your freshman year, you're really just focused on trying to make it. Uh, you're just trying to survive. Um, and and I think that once you get through that, you a lot of a lot of cadets, a lot of students there, um, end up getting to this moment where you have to ask yourself the question: Why am I here? Right. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because realistically speaking, uh, you know, I remember when I got my first computer uh, <laughs> there at West Point. I plugged it in, I turned on the internet, and and uh, you know, at the time it was Netscape. <laughs> so I would turn that on, uh, and the first website that I went to was uh, www.ucla.edu, and I just I saw all these pictures of people. And I thought, <laughs> Why do they look so happy? Everyone, everyone looks like they're having such a good time. Damn, I'm I'm struggling here, man. Why? I could be in sunny California. California. I could be home. I could be home, man. Yeah, yeah, you know. And so many of my friends had gone on to to UCLA, and they're just having a good old time. And so, you know, you get to that moment where you ask that question: Why am I here? What am yeah. I doing? Right? Because I have choices. I could have gone somewhere else. I could be in Southern California, like you were saying. Yeah. And and I think you you get to a place where you you find your answer. And for me, that answer was, I want to do something that's bigger than just me. And yeah. I want to be a part of that. And, and once I understood that, and once I also understood that that was a choice, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, I definitely thought about quitting. And, and I think, you know, I'd be lying if I said, oh, I breezed right through it. Everything was fine. I was always in a good mood. Um, but the thing is, I, I got to that moment and I realized, well, I have a choice. I mean, I can't quit right now. So the question is, do I want to? Yeah. Right? And, and I chose not to, and I decided to stick through it. And, and once I had that moment, then everything did become easy because then it was just a matter of saying, okay, well, you know, here's the next challenge. Let's get through it and then let's keep going. So I think, I think that was definitely a critical stage or a critical moment of development for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that did shape me in many ways. No, no doubt. And, and that's, that you, you came to grips with why. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that. That sounds like what happened. You came to grips with why. And we're going to continue our discussion with Stephen Jung, who is the COO of Weed Maps. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. 
This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit only on cannabisradio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. I'm here today with Stephen Jung. And Stephen is the Chief Operating Officer, COO of Weed Maps. And uh, we're just really getting familiar with who Stephen is and where he grew up and what shaped his life and what is shaping his life ongoing and kind of why he he uh, has done some things. And we, we just took the West Point uh, route and uh, that provided a great foundation. And you're about to say, Stephen, that I mean, you've done a lot of things. You've been on Wall Street, right? You you went on and, and got an MBA from Columbia. So you, you've you've continued to to just strive and 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 uh, perfect whatever that skill set is, or become a better Stephen Jung. And has been a driving. It, it, you can really tell. Tell us about some of those experiences after West Point. Yeah, for sure. So <clears throat> after I graduated West Point, uh, obviously I was commissioned um, yeah. in, in the United States Army. I was an infantry officer. And so, you know, I spent the, the next five years in the Army, in the military. Um, I is that the standard time. commitment? Is that the standard commitment? Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, and so, so I was in there um, and, uh, you know, I went down to, I was originally stationed down in Fort Benning, Georgia, where I went through a lot of the basic officer uh, training that you have to go through, finished ranger school, went overseas, was stationed in uh, Korea with the second infantry division up by the DMZ, the border between North and South Korea. Yeah. I did my platoon leader time and exo time uh, out in Korea and eventually found my way into a strategic job um, in civil military affairs. And, um, you know, it was that work that eventually got me to thinking about, well, what other options are out there? Do I want to give a try at the, the private sector, right? What yeah. the military call the private sector. And, um, and out here, we just call it a normal, normal world. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I decided to give it a hand. Um, and, you know, from there, I think my, my career probably could best be described as confused. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I went from one job to the next, re really trying to find whatever felt like it was a good challenge, yeah. stimulating in different ways, you know, and, um, and it's really interesting because after leaving the military, I always realized if I don't make it for some reason, I could always go back, right? Yeah. I could always go back into the army. No, no, that's, that's a great point. Now, did, I'm not going to let you just go over this. Did you say ranger school? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so you, uh, you were in special forces? Well, no, no, no. Special Forces is a very specific branch, but okay. Um, but uh, but that's it. No, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to graduate, um, you know, through Ranger training, uh -huh. and um, you know, again, another formative step, right, that you take yeah. because because um, there were those days without sleep and without food, and and you basically you have that moment where you ask yourself that basic question again: Why? Why? Right? Yeah. What am I doing here? 
And, um, you know, and again, I think you find that same very similar answer. And, and it becomes a process where you kind of repeat that. And I think the more you repeat that and the more opportunities you give yourself to, to face those kinds of moments, yeah. the, I think the stronger you become, right? Because uh -huh. you, you get a, a sense of internal motivation and drive um, and you recognize who you are within all of that. And, uh, and so, you know, again, I think all of these experiences in the Army were incredibly formative, right? Um, and they've been very, very important for me in terms of going from leaving the military and mm -hmm. going into management consulting, going through startups, going into finance, um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then specifically within tech, uh, you know, big tech, um, finding my way. And, and, you know, again, in many cases, I had no business being where I was at the time, you know. Uh, and, and I think it really was just a matter of what do I need to figure out to get into this? What does it take uh, to be able to qualify for these things, right? And, and yeah. how, do I, how do I find my way there? What do I need to do to achieve that? And again, with a, with a combination of both hard work and luck, mm -hmm. um, I was able to make those things fall into place. But, but again, you know, as, as Steve Jobs uh, said once, it's easier to connect dots when you look backward. And you know, I think at the time, I don't know that I had a perfect path map right. out for myself. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to make the best decision I could at that time. But if I look back on it, I can see how one leads to the next. Okay. It really got me to where I am now. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but it's really interesting. You know, I've gotten to, to work across multiple industries. You have. Um, obviously worked in companies from the tiniest where it was just mm -hmm. me all the way to the <laughs> biggest, um, you know, and, and I think all of them, all of them are really great experiences. No, that's, no, that's, uh, that's great. So I really, I'm curious, how did cannabis come into your life? So cannabis came into my life um, exactly like that. It showed up okay. on my doorstep, uh, okay. you know, and, and I think it was fascinating because at the time, so I was at, um, I was at a company, a startup actually, mm -hmm. um, where I was a part of the founding team and uh, it was a Google backed Y Combinator startup in the FinTech space. Okay. And, um, you know, I was, I was doing well there, enjoying my work, everything was going great. And when you're working in any of these capacities, you know, I'm sure in any industry, you get headhunter messages from folks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you get the usual suspects that show up at you know, Google or an Amazon or Facebook, et cetera. And, and at the time, I just wasn't interested in doing that because I didn't want to be a part of a 100,000, 200,000 person organization. Right. I preferred being in a smaller company where I had impact, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I think, I think that was more, more interesting to me. And then one day I got, uh, one day I got uh, a message that came in from, uh, from someone at Weed Maps. And, and that was something that when it shows up in your inbox, it's kind of hard to ignore. <laughs> it just kind of, <laughs> it just kind of stands out from everything else. <laughs> and, and I, you know, it's interesting because I remember my first reaction to be completely yeah. frank, my first reaction was, I don't think so. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's what, what really piqued my curiosity was that response was so knee jerk. Right? Uh -huh. I didn't really think about it. It just kind of happened. Yeah. And, and I pride myself on being a thinking kind of guy. Uh -huh. And, um, and I realized that there was no thought in that decision whatsoever. And I asked myself the question, why is that? Where does that come from? And so I decided to do a little homework because I realized I, I really don't know anything about that space, right? Like, mm -hmm. how should I think about that space? Because I really haven't, I haven't thought about it from that perspective. And, and so I decided to do some homework. And, and as a part of that, um, you know, it doesn't take much to quickly realize that even now, four years ago, when I started that conversation, um, here we have 
a massive opportunity mm-hmm. that ha- that is pre-mainstream adoption. I think as far as the question of where it's going to go in the long term, really you just have to ask, Are you? do you believe that legalization is going to happen, yes or no, right? And I think the good news is you have a trail of data that you can follow. Um, and so, you know, I think at the time it was, 21 states going towards eventually 28 mm-hmm. states that were going to be legalized in some form or fashion of which quickly not too long thereafter it was 11 states that were adult use um you know and now here we stand today at 33 states right mm-hmm. with uh, with 15 states now adult use legal well, yeah it's spreading yeah. it's going it's 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 going really really fast and i, I mean do you think what has happened politically moving forward is is going to be good for the industry or or companies thinking that and are you are you actually uh, building a, a a business plan to to anticipate that i do think it's positive okay um, but I should say, you know, I think what's really important for people to recognize, too, is that, to be frank, I, I think it's agnostic of which administration we're talking about, uh-huh. that legalization is going to happen, right? right? And again, I think the information's there and it's available for everyone to see mm-hmm. um, because uh, there's obviously incredible support, popular support for legalization yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, I want to say it's, it's at least two-thirds of the nation believes that legalization should occur. And once you put on one more condition, which is legalization with controls, right? Um, I think that number rockets up. Goes up, yeah. Uh, and so, so I think that that's for sure. And then let's look at it from the political standpoint. Mm-hmm. You have almost two thirds of the country with bipartisan support. So both Democrats and Republicans support legalization in some form. Um, you know, and I think I think this is where it takes us to a very important moment, which is from the veteran perspective. Mm-hmm. How does that legalization benefit? the veteran community and it's all about access, right? Yeah, I, I really, man, I really want to talk about that because um, I think that's a huge opportunity. Uh, and um, uh, Weed Maps involved in that that effort at all? I, Definitely. Yeah, and, and, and man, you're the perfect guy to talk to uh, and to really kind of get a per- real perspective on that being from the military, be, having that experience. And you've seen a lot of things, you know, um, and I know you have, and I, I really want to go there. So uh, we're going to do that on the other side of the break. Uh, Stephen is, is, is go there and, and really um, understand what's going on at WeMaps when it comes to this, this particular topic. Hey, I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And I'm uh, having a nice discussion and really enjoying it with Stephen Jung, who is the COO of Weed Maps. And we'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. 
only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. I'm here today with Stephen Jung. Stephen is the Chief Operating Officer of Weed Maps, and he also on this wonderful Veterans Day is a veteran. Uh, Steve um, uh, went uh, to West Point, graduated West Point, got commissioned obviously, and uh, finished a five-year commitment uh, with the armed services. And and um, uh, Stephen, this is great. You are a veteran. And we were just before the break, just having a, a conversation, a chat about you know, the legalization of cannabis and the opportunity to benefit veterans. And I, I want to let you talk about that a little bit. <clears throat> Definitely. You know, I think, um, so from the WeedMap side of the house, mm-hmm. the work that we've been involved in focuses on government relations, um, okay. right? And I think at the state and the local levels, the city levels, um, oftentimes what folks need, what, what officials need is information. And they need um, support and thinking through if we legalize, what does that look like, right? And how do we put mm-hmm. in place a framework that's going to be beneficial to ultimately the constituents, right? The citizens of this, this local uh, area, city or state. And, um, and we do an amazing amount of work, uh, our GR team, our government relations team led by Bridget Hennessy with, um, with all these officials to go ahead and, and provide them with the information that they need, the frameworks that are necessary to understand how do you move forward with legalization and the data also to feed that. Um, you know, if you ever want to take That's a look great. at some of that data, mm-hmm. um, we have a site, wmpolicy.com, where you can Say go that again. find Say w- that again. wmpolicy.com. Uh, and that is our, that's our GR site where we actually okay. house a lot of this really critical information that's out there. Great. And, and the reason that we do that is obviously in order to open up um, these cities and these states uh, in, a, in a safe manner, right? And, and I think, again, the, the beneficiaries of that are really everybody, but then specifically within the veteran community. And for, for the GR folks and for the company at large, we, we partner with and we work closely with a lot of veteran organizations mm-hmm. to help give them the support that they need. Right? Because in the end, as a leader in this space um, and the largest platform in, in cannabis, mm-hmm. we, um, we believe that we have a responsibility, right? We have a voice and mm-hmm. we need to use that responsibly. And so we work with these folks, these organizations to help make sure that they have the support that they need. They have um, the partnership necessary so that they can grow as well, so that they can reach their people and ultimately take care of them. And, and again, I think that's what takes us back to that theme of, of access, right? Because yes. Through legalization, that's mm-hmm. how you're going to get veterans access to the medicine that they need. Uh, and, and I think when you consider why is access important, um, by, by virtue of not having any legalization, it means that these folks don't have access through the normal channels that they should, meaning the VA, for example, mm-hmm. right? And so as a function of not being able to get uh, to, to a VA-approved program that allows them to then get their medicine through cannabis, for example, um, it also means that you, you drive folks potentially to the, bla- the black market. Right. Yeah. And so now suddenly you're you're supporting that side of the house as well. Yeah, I think that is that is amazing, uh, and that's that's also in your in your uh, synopsis of how it's doing your efforts. Um, you know, what do what are your thoughts there? Um, as far as the efforts go, I mean, I think I think if if anything, 
uh, we could point to last week's results, right? With uh, yeah. with uh, five states all going legal, four yeah. of which are uh, four of which are uh, adult use. Um, you know, big move in states like Arizona and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, New Jersey, obviously going adult use and and again having the opportunity to really be a vanguard for the tri-state area for New yeah. York and Pennsylvania um, where hopefully you're going to see positive movement across uh, both of those states as well um, you know and then at the same time you've also seen for example here in California alone um, <clears throat> you've seen several dozen um, questions that were placed on ballot around yeah. additional legalization efforts at the city level and um, the overwhelming majority of those passed, right? So I believe it's 31 of 37 questions that were on ballot that actually were voted yes. And so in favor of further legalization or expansion. And so, so I think, um, you know, if, if that's any indication, I think the work is going very well, right? Yeah. But, but that said, there's, there's a lot of work still to be done because again, if we think about this concept of the veteran community and being able to get access, um, you know, there are a lot of veterans that live in areas and locales where it is not legal currently mm-hmm. still. And right. so as a function of that, the only choice that they have is that which is VA approved. Um, and of course, we're talking about opioids, right? right. So if you're talking about pain management, or if you're talking about PTS. Uh, right, right. And, and, uh, and we just need to move faster, man. You know, we got to move faster. Weed maps. We all think we know what it is and what it does, right? And what the business is, the largest tech company in cannabis. And now, if I said that it's the last mile, right? Of It's the last mile between, you know, the dispensary and the consumer. Okay. How is that explanation? I think that's absolutely right from the consumer perspective, right? Okay. So, so we are, in the end, you can think of the company in both a B2C, a business to consumer, and then a B2B, uh, okay. a B2B business to business uh, angle. And on the consumer side of things, we are the center for, consumer cannabis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so w- the millions of people that come to the site um, every month are searching for information, searching for mm-hmm. products, searching mm-hmm. for um, places where they can get it, right? And and so we provide them with all that information. This concept of the last mile that you mentioned, I like mm-hmm. the way you described that, mm-hmm. is we have consumers who are at the moment of purchase. So effectively, they are looking because they are actually intending to find and ultimately buy products. Right. And so um, in that way, you know, we have a very important role in the industry in terms of connecting the consumer with the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the B2B side of things, uh, what we do is we actually provide a suite of B2B software that effectively that serves as the backbone or the operating system, if you will, of okay. all of these businesses. And so we give them a set of tools that they can use to manage their operations and their business and ultimately grow both the operation and business. Okay. Um, as they take advantage of the opportunity, as the industry continues to grow. So like retail point of sale? Retail point of sale, uh-huh. um, you know, both our own retail point of sale, but then also through third-party integration, right? Okay. Through APIs, we're able to connect with other uh, third-party POSs out there so okay. that, again, we can help really stitch together all of the information and the data that's out in the, uh, out in the industry um, that ultimately benefits not just the business, but also the consumer. Because what you're going to get then is real-time information um, all the time. Man, no, it's great. I, I love that. I, you know, and I learned something there, a little bit more about the business to business part of it. And, and that you, um, uh, you provide a platform for folks to run their business and grow their business and uh, 
keep the consumer educated about what's available at their business. So uh, I think that's awesome. That's awesome, man. I've enjoyed this chat. And again, thank you for your service to us, Stephen uh, and the armed, armed forces and really appreciate uh, you celebrating part of your day to day with us and with me. Uh, really appreciate that. And um, I want you to come back uh, anytime that there's something that's happening at weed maps or uh, cannabis to veterans that you want to talk about, man, this is a platform for you can, we can have that discussion because that's an ongoing discussion and it's a mission. And um, I'm real excited about what you guys are doing at WeBounce to be involved in it. So, hey, thank you all for joining us uh, here at Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, your host, and I really had a great time with Stephen Jung today. He's the Chief Operating Officer of weed maps and you can download episodes of plant profits by going to cannabisradio.com or anywhere you subscribe or you get your podcast play man apple spotify iHeartRadio. we're even now on amazon music and you can find us and you can also take a look at protus global people solutions protus global is on all the social network platforms, right? LinkedIn, Insta, Facebook, Twitter, all of those. Finally, learn more about how we are uh, building companies and how we're changing people's lives at Protus Global. And Protus Global is P-R-O-T-I-S global.com, protusglobal.com. And until next time, I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Cheers. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.